My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I'm not a chef, I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch with fresh ingredients and trying to spread some positive energy in the world. Join me on my culinary journey inside the kitchen and out as I explore the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. day everyone and welcome to episode 30 of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick Haskins. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. If this is your first episode, if you've been with me all along, I appreciate you. You are amazing. Thank you so, so much. If you never have heard the show before, this is all about my journey of scratch-made food and positive energy. And it's been a few weeks since the last regular episode. I know we've been kicking out a bunch of different quick bites for everyone. And I've been working so hard. I'm moving at the end of October. And I've just had so, so much going on. But I've still been cooking. I've still been in the kitchen. I've still been working on scratch-made foods. I've still been doing a little bit of kitchen science, as I like to call it. I've been doing so much food reading, so much food preparing, so much food work. Because I'm trying to diversify my talents in the kitchen, I think is the best way that I can possibly put it. I'm trying to learn how to do new things. I'm challenging myself at least like every week. It feels like lately, I'm really trying to challenge myself to do things that I have never done and approaching recipes that I've done before in new ways and trying to come at them to make things differently, to make things better. And I really, really just appreciate your patience. I just apologize. I, I really like season two, the, the back half of this season has just gotten all messed up. The good news is I've got a good backlog of stuff that's either already recorded or that's already prepared. So that way we're going to have a lot of consistent episodes and quick bites running right up through the end of the season in October. I've got breakfast lasagna to talk to you guys about. So I just made this. You guys aren't going to get the full recipe breakdown for a little bit yet. That's going to be coming in the pipe, but I made my first ever hollandaise, which wasn't the best, but I did it. I still did it. I challenged myself to do it. I ordered a tortilla press because I wanted to make homemade corn tortillas, but it didn't get here in time to make enchiladas. We made the enchiladas from episode 38 again this past weekend, and Rebecca actually took my recipe because it was kind of a challenge for me. I wanted to see how my recipes would hold up. Do my recipes work? Can somebody like you out there listening to this take my recipe, follow it step by step, understand clearly what I'm trying to convey, or are there things that I need to work on in terms of recipes? And I think there definitely are. You know, there were a couple parts that, you know, I wasn't as clear and consistent as I needed to be, you know, because I struggle sometimes and I, I always struggled a lot with writing recipes and with actually creating like my different recipes because I just know it in my head and it's really difficult for me to put it down in a step-by-step fashion to make it easy enough for people to follow along. I don't think this is probably the case with every one of my recipes, but it certainly was with the enchiladas. You know, it wasn't terrible. Like, you know, she was still able to follow almost everything. But, you know, 
I, I just need to kind of work to be even more clear and concise about different steps when it comes to recipes. Those enchiladas turned out fantastic, even better than the last time, even better than the first time that I had made them. She did an amazing job. And we actually decided to change it up this time. And we did a chuck roast on the inside. And I basically cubed it up as if I was making chili. And then I took a load of cilantro, lime zest, lime juice, salt, pepper, a couple other spices in there. Let the meat kind of sit in that for just a short time. Doesn't really need a lot. And then hit it with a really, really hard, high heat sear. Cooks off that liquid really, really quick. And then you just get this beautiful crust on that meat. And then from there, you follow the exact same enchilada recipe. But instead of, you know, you're working with like that recipe did chicken. And instead of that, you know, we mixed those Mexican cheeses and everything with that beef, mixed it all together. Oh, and I did add like that lime to the meat and I did squeeze a lime over the enchiladas as well. And I had theorized that kind of back during that episode that it just needed a little pop of citrus, a little bit of brightness because it's all very similar trackish. It really needed a little pop of brightness, though, and that lime really did prove to be everything that I thought that it was. So I'm really, really glad that we put that together. I also made Rebecca's taco lasagna. That is going to be an upcoming episode of Table for Two. I wanted to have that out already. Unfortunately, just schedules and everything, just nothing, nothing has gone the way that I had planned it for the past month, month and a half of my life. Like, it has been literal just insanity trying to just manage all of the different stuff I've got going on. I've got my son to consider because he's going to be moving out on his own for the first time. And I'm trying to kind of make sure he's going to be set up and have everything that he needs. A lot of the things that I own are actually going to be going to him because I frankly don't need them. Like between myself and Rebecca, we've already got a lot of the stuff that we need and she's already got so much stuff that it's just pointless doubling up on stuff. So I'm just going to be kind of wholesale, just given a lot of the stuff that I own to my son. And, you know, that's been a, a, a big struggle and I've been working a lot of overtime at my job and I've been working really hard there. I've been going through stuff. I've lived in the same apartment for five years now and you know how it is. You live in a space, you accumulate, you acquire and so you got to start going through stuff and you got to be like, oh, I haven't used this thing in three years. What is this? I don't even know what this is. Where did this even come from? So, you know, you got to make those choices. What am I donating? What am I getting rid of? You know, and I've been just packing stuff slowly, but surely moving stuff here slowly, but surely most of my kitchen stuff is now here in what will be my home very, very soon. You know, so there's been a lot of preparation and all those kinds of things that go into all of that. And then just so much food reading. I've been doing so much food reading, so much. I, I don't think I've ever read or watched as many videos or done as much food research as I have lately. And like I said, I'm, I'm trying to branch myself out. I want to take myself out of my comfort zone. I want to push myself to exceed. And that's what this show is about. Now, today's featured recipe is going to be sort of in that vein. There's a couple things that I did with it that were a little bit different where I wanted to challenge myself and I kind of used that knowledge that I've been building up, but you can't ever grow. And this is, you know, true of life. It's true of anything, but it's especially true in the kitchen. You can't grow unless you're willing to learn. And I certainly have so, so much left to learn. Making that hollandaise today, 
definitely taught me that. I got really frustrated because it just wasn't coming together. But all the reading that I had done was like, don't let the eggs get too hot because then they're going to start to scramble and you don't want them to scramble. You need everything to emulsify together. So I feel like I was probably kind of worried and paranoid about it. So I kind of kept the bowl off of the heat way too much and then it just didn't emulsify. You know, I added some hot water to it and hit it with the immersion blender. A couple of things I had read told me to do that. And it kind of came back together in the end and it tasted good. Like the flavor, like you had that lemoniness, that creaminess. And I used the raspberry chipotle sea salt. So you just, just a little hint of spice in there, a little bit of paprika. It was fantastic. It tasted absolutely wonderful, but just, you know, it, it wasn't there. I've got so much left to learn. That's what this show is all about. It's all about this journey. It's all about the journey of making everything from scratch, of making the best food that I can, putting the best plate of food possible down on a table in front of anyone that I am serving. It's so important to me that I learn and that I keep learning, keep working to learn all of those things. It's so important to me. So I'm so, so glad to be here. I'm so glad that you are here with me to take this journey. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity, taking the time to listen to this show. I do want to take the opportunity to shout out and thank my amazing patrons for your support and for your patience as you wait for that extra content that's going to be coming over there. I'm so far behind on so, so many different things, and I am just struggling so much to catch up right now. I am just so inundated with with so much. I mean, I, I just, I really don't think I've ever been busier. It's crazy to say because I get so busy at different times of the year, especially around live stream, but like... I mean, I couldn't even imagine trying to full live stream in to everything I'm doing right now. But uh, you patrons, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your amazing support. Top tier patrons of the show this quarter are going to receive homemade apple pie filling. I talk about my tart apple pie with a cookie crust over on the Patreon. I'm going to be making that pie filling and sending it to all of my patrons. And one lucky listener out there, if you leave a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, the link is down in the show notes, you'll get entered to win a box of that as well. So please, if you love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review, and boom, you're automatically entered to win. I appreciate so much everyone that takes the time to download and listen to this show. I've got to play the algorithm game on the podcatchers and on everything else. So that's how the show will grow. So please help me out. Head over there and leave a review. I want to transition a little bit now from my journey of scratch made food into just my own personal journey. Another thing that I've really been putting a lot of time into lately is hardcore counting calories and working out pretty much every single day. Rebecca and I are still working on our Couch to 5K program. We're entering our fifth week or our sixth week. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not really sure which it is, but we've been really pushing ourselves and, you know, really trying to improve. And I've been getting frustrated with my results because I don't feel like I'm feeling as many improvements as I would like. But that's going to take time and it's going to take work and it's going to take dedication. But I've been putting a lot more time into those kinds of things because it was doing those things and dropping the sugar that pushed me to lose the 125 pounds that I did lose. But I want to share a story, you know, and if you follow me on Facebook, you would have already seen this story. But 
I want to share a story with with you guys that happened to me very, very recently. I was down at uh, the park here and I was going for a run and I was crossing a crosswalk and uh, a truck drove by and, you know, somebody in the truck, you know, yelled out like a fat insult at me as I was going across, as I was going out to run. I'm in my workout gear. I'm getting out there to run, to exercise and yeah, just yelled out that I was fat, you know, insulted me. And this has been something that's kind of been like on my mind a lot lately. And it's another kind of facet of like things like I've been avoiding, like aside from food posts, which are generally focused on the weekends, because I'm not really cooking a ton during the week. It's not like I'm not cooking at all during the week, but a lot of times I'm so busy during the week, especially that I'm just not really focusing on that. But Aside from making food-related posts, I've really been hardcore staying off of social media because people are just so unkind. And I don't know what it is, and I don't know why it is that people always feel such a need to tear each other down, to tear other people down. And you have no idea what other people are going through, what other battles other people are fighting. And people attack people for everything, literally everything, over their parenting, over their politics, over their religion. You know, even even just like silly and innocuous things, like people just go at people, and especially under the cloak of social media, it gives you that kind of, you know, bolsters up that confidence of like, you can be a jerk and you can say really jerkish things and, you know, not have to deal with it face to face. You know, but I spent a long time in my life where I was surrounded by negativity and I was mired in it pretty deeply myself and it put me in some pretty dark places because all I ever got was torn down, told I was a loser told I wouldn't make it, that I wouldn't succeed, that I wouldn't, that I can't, that I won't. And fill in the blank after that. That the people I love, that the things I cared about didn't matter and were stupid and nothing mattered. And when you hear that stuff long enough and when you get that stuff beaten into you long enough, you believe it. And it's... Just don't, don't tear other people down. You can disagree with someone and not have to personally attack them. You can disagree with someone and not have to go on a tirade, just trashing them and tearing them through the mud just because they have a difference of opinion from you. It's not like every single person in the world is an amazing or good person, but I at least very truly believe somewhere inside of me that most people are innately good. But I feel like too often people take the easy excuse to just attack people. Maybe they're suffering through something or maybe they're fighting some kind of battle and they take it out on other people. Maybe they're dealing with some kind of mental issue that they need to work on themselves. And instead of working on it themselves, they turn against other people and they attack other people. 
just be kind to other people. Just be kind. I'm out there running and I'm out there trying my best to just live my best life and to improve and to just do good and be good and put as much good out into the world as I possibly can. After John died, after my marriage ended, after I took a good, long, hard look at the last 40 years of my life and I looked at everything that I had done and I looked at everything that my life had been and I said, this is not acceptable. This is not good enough for me. I need to do something more. I need something more in my life. And that's when I took the time to dedicate myself to being positive. And I know that these positivity sections on the show can get probably a little, you know, saccharine. And I know that they can get a little revealing, but I just, the life that I had, that life was no longer acceptable to me. I had been surrounded so much of my life from being a kid growing up. And then right through a lot of different parts of my adult life, just surrounded by negativity. And it's not acceptable to me anymore. But a lot of that negativity is online. And that's why I've been spending a lot less time on social media. So if you don't see me or if you send me messages on social media and I don't respond to you for days or weeks, that's why. Because I'm not logging in. I'm not spending a lot of my time reading about food and I'm spending a lot of my time playing Minecraft or making Minecraft videos, which please check out my YouTube channel. If you're into that sort of thing, doing things that I feel like at least in my best way are trying to put good and just, just positive energy out there into the world. The world has so much negativity to it. There's so much anger out there. There's so much darkness out there. So be the light. Don't cut people down. Don't shout insults at people. Don't cut people down who are just trying their best to do their best to live and be the best person that they can be. You never know how your words are going to affect somebody. It destroyed me. I was sobbing on the way home. I was so angry. I was so angry that they had yelled it and I was so angry that I let it get to me. But when I was in dark periods in my life, like a few years ago, if that kind of thing had happened to me, that could have tipped me over. And I still, I still, it still hit me so hard. It still really, really was like a gut punch. I described it in my Facebook post as an atom bomb. No one should ever have to deal with those kinds of things. It's not acceptable. You don't know how your words can affect other people. So don't tear people down. Somebody out there might be hanging by a thread and you might be the one who cuts that thread. Or you could toss them a line. You could hand them some positive energy. You could be a bright light in their life and lift them up. Lift other people up. And if you are out there and if someone is being unkind to you, if someone is cutting you down and telling you that you're not worth it or you're stupid, you don't deserve 
goodness, happiness, positive energy, love. Don't ever let anyone else cut you down or devalue you. You are amazing. You deserve all of the love and happiness and support that this world can give you. Do not give up on finding it and don't ever let anyone else take it away from you. I'm going to take a quick break and when I come back, green apple cinnamon rolls. These are amazing and as we head into the fall season in the Northern Hemisphere, absolutely perfect. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. If you're not already, please make sure you head to the links in the show notes. Follow me on social media. Go to the Facebook group, The Dining Room. Join it. Let me know what you're making, especially if you're making something that I have made before. Please, please, please let me know what you've been up to. Is there any taste quite like a nice, warm, fresh from the oven, dripping with amazing icing, homemade cinnamon roll. Now, I haven't made cinnamon rolls in a long time. In fact, the last time I made them was when I was doing the Restaurant Podcast, and I made them with Southern Tears Cinnamon Roll Beer. And I have never seen this beer after that year, because every single year, I don't want to make cinnamon rolls until and unless I can find that beer. Now, it was very cinnamony. So you had to love cinnamon to enjoy the beer. But I just kind of big-brained it, and I was like, what if, what if, what if I made cinnamon rolls, but instead of adding water, because you're going to have yeast and everything in the beer anyway, but you're still going to want to use bread yeast, but what if instead of adding water when you make the cinnamon roll dough, you add this beer instead? I did it, and they were amazing. So fast forward to you know a few weeks ago, and I just was up at our home in Ithaca. And I was just saying to Rebecca, I'm like, I really want to make something. I don't know what, just really, really jonesed to make something. And I was sitting and I was scouring through, I have folders upon folders of different things on my phone, images, screenshots I've taken, things I've written down, things I've captured of recipe inspiration, nothing struck. So I grab my laptop and I start spinning through all of my old recipes from the restaurant days, because sometimes I like to go back and I like to mine those. And I like to think about what are some different ways that I can try to improve upon this? What is something that I would really, really love to have that maybe I haven't had in quite a while? Cause I did some things that I had never done before back in the restaurant days. And I thought about it and I was looking through the recipes and almost at the very end of the restaurant's run, I made homemade apple cinnamon rolls. 
And I really, really wanted to make them, but I couldn't find cinnamon roll beer. Didn't even look for it, to be honest. I have not seen it literally since this was probably about 2017 or 2018. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but I have never seen it since. So I just decided to make it with normal water, but I also decided I was going to kind of workshop my dough recipe. And I also decided that I was going to omit as much sugar from this recipe as was possible. I instead used some swerve some brown sugar substitute, and I used some monk fruit sweetener, you know, to kind of replace most of the sugar in both the filling and the dough. Now, I did still make an icing for this that used powdered sugar. And I really, you know, I'll tell you about it a little bit later, but I really honestly think you could make this, aside from using maybe a little bit of sugar in the dough to kind of proof everything, like I like things more on the tart side, especially if it's something with apple. I'm almost always using a Granny Smith apple. My tart apple pie, for example, that you can find over on the Patreon, it's Granny Smith apples. I love Granny Smith apples. So I decided to kind of workshop the recipe and I decided to kind of do it a little bit differently than I had done it before. I am going to post the old audio and the old recipe over on Patreon as well for the patrons. So make sure you head over there if you want to check out my original recipe. But the new one is pretty much, pretty much uh, the same. The original recipe that I made back in the restaurant days was heavily inspired by the two peas in their pod recipe for cinnamon rolls. I will link that down in the show notes, but mine has taken a couple of departures from that recipe. So I'm going to give you the ingredients now that you'll need to make my green apple cinnamon rolls. For the filling, you're going to need four tablespoons of unsalted butter softened, a half a cup of brown sugar substitute. You can omit this completely, frankly. Two Granny Smith apples, finely diced, one and a half tablespoons of cinnamon, one teaspoon of nutmeg, and a half of a teaspoon of allspice. This is your filling. You're going to want to leave the half a stick of butter out to soften because you're going to need to spread this over your rolled out dough. And then basically all you're going to do is combine your brown sugar, apples, cinnamon, nutmeg, and allspice in a large bowl with a sprinkle of salt. Stir everything together and then just kind of periodically make sure you do that. And you're basically sweating all of the liquid out of your apples. Set that aside and it's time to move on to the dough. For the dough, you're going to need three teaspoons of dry yeast, a half a cup of lukewarm milk, about 110 degrees, a teaspoon of granulated sugar, four tablespoons of unsalted butter, a quarter of a cup of granulated sugar. You can also use a sugar substitute here. Four and a half to five cups of all-purpose flour. I needed pretty much five. I think I actually needed more than five by the time all was said and done, so your mileage may vary. One tablespoon of cinnamon, one cup of hot water or cinnamon roll beer if you can find it. One beaten egg and two teaspoons of salt. If you do choose to do the icing with this, you can. It's four tablespoons of unsalted butter that's going to be softened as well. Two cups of powdered sugar or a powdered sugar substitute, four tablespoons of milk, and one teaspoon of vanilla extract. But we'll get back to the icing later. To start prepping this, you're going to add your yeast and sugar to the lukewarm milk. Stir that together and set it aside for five minutes and let your yeast proof. It's going to start to get all bubbly and smell amazingly bready. In the bowl of a stand mixer, thank you so much, Rebecca, for that stand mixer. I love it so, so, so much. You're going to add your butter, sugar, and sugar substitute, whatever you have in here for your dough, and your salt to the hot water slash beer, whichever you have, and beat that for 30 seconds using the beater blade of your mixer. Then you're going to cool this down to lukewarm temperature. Stir in a cup of flour and a tablespoon of cinnamon and mix it until it's smooth. 
Then you're gonna add your yeast mixture in here and mix it until it's well combined. The reason why you wanna make sure this is cooled is because if you don't, if this is still super hot, you're gonna kill your yeast. So make sure that this has been cooled to lukewarm temperature. And also you're gonna mix in a beaten egg and you don't want super hot water because then you're basically just gonna cook the egg. So once everything else is all combined together, then you're gonna gradually stir in the remaining flour and mix it with the dough hook for about two minutes. Your dough should be tacky, but not stick to your hands. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I ended up going over five cups for this. So make sure you kind of just have your flour ready and then keep adding it until you get it to that consistency. Once you get your dough where you want it to be, tip your bowl out onto a lightly floured surface. Spray the inside of the bowl that you just used with cooking spray and set that aside because you're going to be turning the dough back to it in a few moments. You're going to knead the dough by hand, adding a little flour if you need to, if it's still sticky, until it feels satiny and smooth. This took me between 8 to 10 minutes. After that, you're going to return the dough back to the bowl, cover it with a damp towel, and let it rise for 30 minutes. So once your dough has doubled in size, you're going to prepare your filling the rest of the way before you get your dough prepped. Get a piece of cheesecloth or a few paper towels or something like that, and then you're going to strain your apples through that. I have rather big hands, so I just put a big cup of it in my hands and just poured it right into my hands. And then you're going to wrap the paper towels or the cheesecloth around the apples and just kind of squeeze it gently. You don't want to squeeze it super hard, especially if you're using paper towels because you will rip them. So make sure you're gentle here if you need to be. But just wrap it tightly and squeeze it and you're going to squeeze all the rest of that liquid that you didn't already get to come out of your apples when you were kind of letting them sit in the sugar and the salt and everything else. If you don't do this, like it depends on what you add to your rolls. Like people like to add raisins, people like to add different other kinds of fruits and stuff. If you don't do this with your apples, they have a lot of moisture in them. You will end up with super, super soggy cinnamon rolls. So make sure you do this step. Once you're ready to work your dough, tip it back out onto a lightly floured surface and you're going to roll it out into a rectangular shape, roughly say 24 by 14 inches. You're gonna grab that stick of softened butter you had from earlier, spread that evenly over your dough, and then you're gonna spread out your green apples that you just strained over the dough. If you wanna add any extra seasonings or any extra sweetness here, you can, but I really don't believe you need it. And you're gonna roll up your dough. You're gonna to wanna to make sure you tighten this. You're gonna kind of work section by section, just kind of I will roll a little bit of it and then pull, and then roll and pull and roll and pull as you go. Okay, get this into one big, long, thick boy of a roll. And then you're gonna get some dental floss, like plain dental floss I think works perfectly for this. If you have thread, you can also use that. Or if you have like pastry wire or something, of course you can use that. If you use a knife or a pastry cutter or something, you're basically gonna be squishing down your dough and that's not ideal. So you're gonna use the dental floss, just kind of slide it underneath and then every two inches, just twist it together, popping off another cinnamon roll. You're gonna spray a nine by 13 baking dish and you're gonna place the rolls into that greased pan. Once you get them all in there, cover that with your damp towel again and let that double in size for 30 to 60 minutes, unless you want to refrigerate these and make them in the morning. I'll talk more about that in a few moments. So then you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees when you're ready to bake and bake these for 25 to 35 minutes or until they are golden brown on the top and cooked in the middle. Mine were actually just like the very slightest, like my couple of my rolls in the middle were very, very, very slightly still doughy. I pulled mine at about 30, 31 minutes, so I should have waited that extra 35. So keep that in mind if you're making these. Remove your rolls from the oven and then you're going to let them cool to room temperature. 
while they're cooling if you want to do icing or if you want to do a compote the compote on won't even break down like literally it was like four or five granny smith apples and i just chucked a little bit of that white sugar substitute some cinnamon some nutmeg some of that other kind of stuff and i just cooked it down with some liquid on the stove until it got reduced to a nice compote consistency so just before applesauce <laughs> basically when you're when you're working with apples i guess it's there's there's like so so little of a division between between compote and applesauce i guess but for the icing you're going to add the butter sugar milk and vanilla all together in a medium bowl whisk those together and then frost those over the cooled cinnamon rolls generously and that is it that is green apple cinnamon rolls and again i've got to say amazing recipe from two peas in their pod that's where i got this dough recipe from like i've adapted it i changed a couple of different things about it here and there but it is still very largely their recipe and that dough is incredible i cannot say enough good things about that dough so you definitely definitely have to check this out it is so light so airy but so rich with flavor. Like they make theirs with water. I make mine with milk. So mine's got like a little bit more density to it. And it's got like just a little bit more flavor to it. And they also make theirs with shortening, but they also say you can use butter. The first time I did this, I actually did it with shortening. I actually do prefer it with the butter. So I would much rather have it with that in the future. If you want to have these, like if you want to make these the day before and then have them the next day, you can also pop these in the fridge overnight. So basically after you pack them into the nine by 13, instead of covering them with the towel and letting them rise again, cover them with plastic wrap and chuck that into the fridge. So then in the morning, you're going to want to give this at least two hours, maybe more, depending, you know, you're talking two hours just for them to come to temperature and to start rising again. Um, you know, so you're going to want to take them all probably even like two and a half to three hours before you want to eat them. But yep, just take it out of the take it out of the fridge, leave them covered, and then just kind of chuck them on the counter, let them rise. This took about two hours, and then bake them as directed, 350 for 25 to 35 minutes. I actually did refrigerate them and then pulled them out in the morning, and I think mine were still a little bit too cold. So definitely make sure that you just kind of just kind of give them a little bit of a check, you know, just like, you know, get like a couple of forks or something like that. And like on the very middle parts, especially if these are some big chonky rolls, you're going to just want to pull that dough just a little bit and see if it's still really doughy. If it's not, make sure you leave it back in the oven for just a few more moments. If you're starting to see your cinnamon rolls get too burned or anything like that on top, then maybe you can add like a loose foil over the top just to let these things finish. But you don't really want to trap a lot of moisture in these either. But that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. That is green apple cinnamon rolls. Please make these. Please check these out. Like I said, when I made these, I did these with a half a cup of sugar and sugar substitute in the dough, a quarter cup of white sugar and a quarter cup of the sugar substitute. I honestly think you can just do a quarter of a cup. The dough is very, very sweet, even with the half a cup of stuff that I used. And I would honestly just omit completely any kind of sweetness from the filling if you're not into green apples if you want a sweeter apple you're still going to want to follow the same process you're still going to want to dice them finely and then chuck them together with your other ingredients and let that water sweat out of the apples and then squeeze them out and this is also something good that you can do with other types of fruit it depends on really the type of rolls you want to make here like if you're using raisins or something like that, they're already dried out. But if you're doing something like if you want to do like raspberries or blueberries or strawberries or some type of berry rolls, which I'll talk, you know, about those sometime in the future, I'm sure I've made like a raspberry sweet roll before that turned out really good, but I didn't dehydrate my raspberries ahead of time and they were still really wet and my rolls ended up really, really soggy as a result. They turned out really, really good, 
but they could have been a lot better. And I really think if you're going to go with a berry, make sure you probably dehydrate it, at least partially dehydrate it before you put it in here. Or you can also like strawberries, you know, the same thing works with strawberries. Just mix them up with a little bit of sugar and, you know, all your other ingredients and just kind of let them sweat some of their water out and then squeeze them out. Blueberries and raspberries, I think you're, you'd have to smash those more likely than not. And I think you're just going to be better off maybe dehydrating them at least partially before you chuck them into the rolls. But that is it, ladies and gentlemen, that again is my apple cinnamon rolls. Please check them out. Please try them. Let me know what you thought of them. Hit me up on social media. I would really, really love to know if you enjoyed these or what other riffs you might've done on these. That will also do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I love you. You are so amazing. Never forget how amazing you are and how much of an impact you make in the world. Take a moment today. Just look at yourself in the mirror. Close your eyes. Breathe deeply through your nose and out through your mouth. Open your eyes and remind yourself that you are amazing. You deserve the very best in life. You deserve love, kindness, and happiness. You deserve all of the absolute best things in life. Be good to yourselves. Be good to other people. Be kind to someone today. The smallest kindness just spreads out like rays of sunshine radiating out from the center. Be good. Be kind. The world needs so much more goodness and so much more kindness these days. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Mm-hmm.